Welcome to the Ride This Out podcast, where we talk about how to improve your mental health and strengthen your connection to nature and your community, all through one simple solution, the bicycle. My name is Zach Golding, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker and mental health therapist. I'll be your host as we discuss the power of pedaling. Right in this week's session, I talk with Dr. Joe Jensen. He's been in education for 28 years. Uh, he's been a high school principal for a number of those years, and that's how I came in contact with him. My mother-in-law is a teacher at one of the schools where he was the principal at, and she would tell me all about how Joe would bike to school almost every day, how he and his family were really big into it. So I thought it'd be fun to get some insights, some expertise, um, from from him and want to share it with others. This was a great interview. I was super motivated by it. Unfortunately, uh, the technology glitches got us on this one. Um, there's some portions of it where some of his words will get cut out here and there. I would still ask that you listen to the whole thing. There's some amazing content. There's some amazing stuff in here. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of one of those things that was uh, after I went through it, not really... <laughs> Not really anything I could do now going back, but I still wanted to share this. At the very end of this uh, interview, he wanted to share this essay or poem um, that was written by Gary Fisher. And he he read it, but I feel like it didn't give the poem the necessary uh, power that is there with it because of some of the words that were cut out. So I actually want to read this poem to start this session. And as I read it, um, and then as you listen to Dr. Jensen talking in the interview, you can kind of see how he internalizes and uses these words and definitely takes them to heart. So uh, he kind of said it's his mission statement, if you will. So, um, but yeah, this essay was written by Gary Fisher, who was, you know, one of the founders of mountain biking, honestly, years and years ago. But he wrote this in a 2008 bike catalog. And it's called Transmissions from a Perpetual Motion Machine. And it starts out, I've been thinking a lot about bikes lately. And by lately, I mean the last 40 years. I'd like to share a thought or two. I think a bike is an optimistic creature, an anti-inertia machine. It opposes stagnation. It despises atrophy. A bike wants to go. Look at it. You can tell. There's something weird about a bike standing still like an organ playing the same note over and over. The song needs movement. It needs a progression. Of course, I'm biased. I like bikes. All bikes. I like wheels because wheels want to move. I like that with a bike, you get two wheels. Kind of an added bonus. Two is the perfect number, I say. It means you've got balance. Important thing, balance. It's on a bike that I feel most at home. It's motion. But not the kind of motion that's taking you away from something. I think it's the opposite of that. Single track or switchback or city street. When I'm on a bike, I feel like I'm moving towards something. It's forward motion. Motion that has its own value. It is its own destination, to borrow someone's cliche. Of course, I get carried away. It's also true that a bike's not much of anything. Rubber and metal, chains and a post. It, It needs a pilot. I've been a pilot for as long as I can remember. Longer, 
because some of my memories are a little hazy, to be perfectly honest. I've known hundreds of other pilots, thousands. I meet them every day. People with hands on the controls, some kind of elemental liftoff achieved, all plugged in to the same buzz of two wheels moving in the same direction. Thousands of pilots times two wheels each. It's a lot of momentum. Maybe I'm a little bit of an old school idealist, aka a hippie, but I count all bike people as friends. You too, seriously. Hippie is defined as a person who opposes and rejects many of the conventional standards and customs of society, and for the moment, disciples of the bike fit that definition. Riding around powered by your own two legs is not a conventional standard. It's just not. Knowing that you need to be careful about your pant leg getting caught is not what most people are thinking about as they begin their morning commute. Sitting somewhere behind your bike seat on a steep descent, watching trees go by at a wholly disturbing angle, blood tingling with a panic and then elation? Definitely not conventional behavior. Some see this non-mainstreamness as a good thing, a badge of pride. Some see it as bad. Me? I'm not worried about good or bad as much as why. Why are more people not riding bikes? You know, you know how many people live within biking distance of their work? Did you know that in Amsterdam, 40% of commuters get to work by bike? I knew I liked that place. Maybe you think it's weird for a mountain bike guy to be talking about commuting, but that's kind of my point. I'm about bikes, two wheels, momentum, arriving under your own power on your own terms, arriving at the top of a mountain, at the base of a hill, at the revolving front door of a 100-story building, in a city of millions, arriving on Mars, it's all good to me, as long as it's arriving on bike. The point is, in all these years of thinking about bikes, and working on bikes, and dreaming about bikes, and falling in love with bikes, and the people who ride them, one thought, maybe the one thought I keep coming back to, is that I'm going to continue doing everything I can to get more people on bikes. Why? Because bikes are good. Pretty simple. That's what I've been thinking. I'll see you around. Gary Fisher. All right. And with that, enjoy this week's session with Joe. All right, Joe, thanks for taking some time to join me on the podcast today. Um, Just wanted to start off by asking you to introduce yourself, who you are, where you're from, um, what you do, just all that good stuff. So go ahead. Yeah. So Joe Jensen, uh, I'm, uh, I've been, uh, educator for 28 years. Uh, the last seven years I've been the principal of high school in Orem, Utah. And, uh, I, uh, teach adjunct for BYU and the master's degree program for becoming principals. Um, and yeah, I've been an avid cyclist for many years, so uh, it's not hard to get me to talk about bikes. <laughs> well, great. Yeah, I, uh, I, I come from a, a family of educators. My mom worked in education. Um, my sister works in education right now. Um, you know, my wife was a high school teacher for 10 years. My mother-in-law, who you know, she's yeah. been an educator, so... I highly respect um, educators and what they do. And I just, 
how did you get into education? Why, what, what drew you to that profession? Uh, actually interested in being a physical therapist. Uh, and then after serving an LDS mission in Guayaquil, Ecuador, decided education is really what I wanted to do. And my whole family, like three of my grandparents, both of my parents, several of my siblings, uh, it's a little bit of a family business. In fact, my daughter just became an English teacher. That's what my wife and I both did as well. So um, before I went into administration. So yeah, those were probably the the factors that, that got me into education. Nice. And 28 years, that's that's quite a long time. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to ride my bike more. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and that's that's how I kind of, uh, you know, I know that my mother-in-law um, worked with you there at Timpanogos High School. You were the principal there for seven years, and she had mentioned how much you would ride your bike to work. So I'm curious, um, was it like an everyday thing? Was like, how far away are you from the school? Like, what was the the mindset behind that? And have you bike commuted before to other jobs too? Yeah, so I have bike commuted for about 16 years and it's gotten to the point where it's pretty much every day. Uh, I've joked with our PR person who has to make the decision on a snow day or not. And I've, I've joked with her and said, you know, I'll let you know if you need to call a snow day, because if I can't make it there on my fat bike, then, I'm, then then you need to call a snow day. But there's not been a day yet that I haven't been able to make it because of weather. Um, I always joke with people that there's no such thing as bad weather. There's just bad gear. And so, um, no, but it's it's every day. I've, uh, I usually commute about 250 to 260 times per year to school, which is um, every day except maybe five or six where I have to drive because of a meeting or something. Wow. Yeah, that is that is impressive. That's that's some commitment right there. And it sounds like you've got multiple bikes to kind of uh, help you get there, right? Fat bike for the snow. Do you ride? What else, What other kind of bikes are you riding as you get yeah, into work? Absolutely. <laughs> I've got six kids, but I think there's 18 bikes in the garage. <laughs> and so, um, no, I've got I've got a fat bike for you know obviously cold weather and snow and all that kind of thing. But I've got uh, I've got a titanium custom uh, road bike. Of like, uh, as an educator, I could never afford any of these new so i buy them all on ksl.com and find great deals but i've got a full suspension santa cruz mountain bike i've got a, a hardtail uh, titanium mountain bike that i love i've got a cyclocross bike i've got a urban commuter canon um and i've got a single speed and i think that's most of them <laughs> but, i mean that's my main fleet. You know, they always say, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of a math problem, right? The correct number of bikes is always N plus one if N is the number we have. So Yes. No, absolutely. I'm I'm with you on that. And all the time I'm buying a new bike, I have to talk to my wife and just say, Remember how much uh you love me, right? Like it's and and <laughs> like it's okay. Like it's just another bike. I could be spending this money on other things too. So oh, bikes absolutely. are always good. No, I've got 
next bike you need to get. So, so just tell your wife that reminder that it's cheaper than the therapist, right? Absolutely, no, that's therapist. and and it's actually way cheaper than a triple bypass and a lot more enjoyable. So, yeah, well, and that's that's the whole reason why I'm doing this, Joe, right? Because like I'm a I'm a therapist by trade, and that's what I joke around about is that like my bike is my therapist, right? And it just helps well, me it's, as I bike to work or back from work or whatever. So. It's so real, right? We should we should call it psychotherapy. It 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 really is. That's why I'm doing this. Um, but uh, how did you get how did you get into cycling as as a kid or like as a teenager as in your adult years? Like what? How did you get bit by the cycling bug? Well, so uh, it's it's interesting you ask that. I I've just recently taught a class for BYU. It's the master's degree students. <coughs> Excuse me. This summer. And the class is about equity and inclusion, all that kind of thing. And, you know, in, in that realm, so many people talk about, you know, creating for, for people to education, right? And one of my big takeaways in teaching this class is that, you know, more than access, what we really want people to have in education, and I would say cycling as well as inclusion, and in order to go from access to one of my big epiphanies was that it almost always takes a human being to bridge that gap. And so when I think about how I got into biking, really there were, there were three people that made a huge difference in really kind of mentoring me uh, into kind of becoming a cyclist and kind of just adopting that lifestyle. And so clear back when I was about 10 years old, my dad, for some reason, we were never a bike, a cycling family, but my dad, for some reason, I had three older brothers and for some reason he decided to get, all of us got these awesome maroon Nishiki 10 speed road bikes. And they're quite nice. I'm not sure that, but, but that kind of introduced me at a really early age what an amazing thing a bike was. I remember one time we biked from my grandmother's house in Northeast Centerville and it it's a lagoon and it was well been a hundred miles as far as I was concerned. Cause it felt like forever. I remember feeling kind of a sense of that was pretty cool that we could bike to lagoon um, from, from what I perceived as so far away, probably only five or 10 miles at the most, but was probably my first introduction and and i'm grateful that my dad kind of exposed me to that um the second one was shortly after teaching uh well actually when i left teaching after about six years and went into administration one of my very first um uh assistant principals that i worked with dave mauer was to the Leadville scene, the Leadville 100. And I was curious. And uh, so he got me kind of interested in that. And, and the following year, I actually trained and went and, and did Leadville with him. And that was an incredible experience. And that kind of cemented forever that, that I was going to live this lifestyle. Um, but before that was Doug Anderson. And Doug Anderson was a and it was shortly after I got married, he took me out and, and 
showed me some of these great trails up American Fort Canyon. Other trails that have never been built, you know, in the anywhere else in this valley. Each of those people were the ones that really helped me make that jump from, I always could go buy a bike, I could ride a bike, but really as far as kind of being mentored into that lifestyle, uh, those, those three folks really made the difference. And one of my favorite things, my, I kind of considered Doug Anderson, my original mentor there. And after every mountain bike ride we ever went, he'd always say, well, that didn't suck. And, <laughs> and, and so I actually still use that on almost every ride, whether it's with my kids or my friends or whatever. I'll, we'll get to the end of a great ride and I'll say, you know, that did not suck. And so, um, but yeah, I really think having a mentor that kind of, or, or mentors that kind of help you get into it is, is one of the things that makes a big difference. Yeah. I love how you talk about that, the access and inclusion, right? Because I feel like um, in any kind of cycling, whether it's road biking, mountain biking, whatever, it's almost like this intimidating process. You're like, man, I don't, I don't belong with this crew, yeah. right? Like I don't have the nicest, newest bike, or I don't have the nicest, newest gear. But if you have somebody that just, like you said, a mentor that just simply kind of guides you along and just kind of invites you, that can make yeah. all the difference in the world. Knowing how to dress for any given temperature or type of ride or whatever. Um, yeah, all of those things. It makes a big difference to to have someone mentor you through it. Yeah, and, and yeah, like what you say about um, the there's no such thing as bad weather, right? Just bad gear. I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. If you have yeah. the right gear, you're good, right? With, with anything. Um, so oh, that's yeah. great. No temperature is too cold if you have the right gear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So it sounds like you do all sorts of riding, mountain biking, road biking, casual riding. Um, has there ever been a point where you're like, you swing one way or the other as far as like, oh, I, I'm more of a road cyclist, I'm more of a mountain biker, I'm more of a casual rider, or you just consider yourself just an all-around just biker? I will bike on anything with two wheels, really. Um, Love it. I, I've always told people if I had to choose and I could only have one, I think I would choose mountain biking. Um, but I, I genuinely just love anything with two wheels that's, you know, pedal, pedal powered. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm the same way as far as, you know, there's a lot of people that will, I just recently got into road biking. I've, I've mostly been mountain biker, just kind of casual rider. I, I commute to work and stuff too, but as I've gotten more into road biking stuff too, it's, you know, it has its place for sure. There's so much fun that can come from that too. And so many benefits as yeah. well, but there's, I feel like there's a lot of times there can be a division amongst bike riders right of like road versus mountain versus e-bikes versus casual riders or commuters it's like well we're all like you said we're all on two wheels right and you're all experiencing the benefits of riding so we're all on the same team here right yeah love it um so i mean you talked about having six kids how how have you gotten them into cycling what's been kind of the hard parts about that or what's been going well how to, like what advice would you give to people to get their kids into cycling well, so if I were to give people advice, I would say be sure to 
adventurous. Uh, one of the things we've done for about 20 plus years is we regularly, and then when I say regularly, at least once a year as a family have gone to the White Rim in Canyonlands National Park. And it's almost like this that my kids, they all start riding probably at about age six parts of it. And then every year they ride a little more of it. And it's, it's like almost this physical evidence of how much they've grown and progressed from the year before. But we make sure it's, you know, we, we take a three-day trip and it's 100 miles roughly. And we make it a lot of fun. And so the keys is, is to do rides that are fun. One of the rides we, we love taking them to, I have a couple of siblings in Washington. And so there's a, an amazing row, uh, route up there called Trail of the Hiawatha. That, um, oh no, tr yeah, Trail of the Hiawatha where there's giant, it's an old rail trail and there's giant tunnels and bridges. Um, one of them is over a mile long, the, the, the tunnel. And so to, to take kids on stuff that really is kind of fun and interesting and um, is important. And then also to not force them to do it. Uh, my old, loved it. My, my oldest daughter, she did it because it's what we did as a family, but she didn't really fall in love with it until she was. Then my third child, a daughter, actually ended up riding for the mountain bike team for four years and just loved that experience. My fourth child hated cycling for a couple of years. Um, but I'm glad to, I'm proud to report that his oldest brother kind of helped him get back into it. And, but I never forced him when he was. But, um, but I think, I think make it fun and also um do things that challenging but not demoralizing hmm. yeah what do you mean by that like challenging but not demoralizing how could how would you do that well and i think demoralizing has more to do with um probably how i talk to them about cycling right so um, yeah not not ever shaming or forcing they don't want to do you know so on the white rim we'd always have a support vehicle so anytime you know kids naturally want to challenge themselves but when it's time to you know and you're just you're done point hop in the car right and you'll do more next year when you're younger but always making it a positive thing never never a, a negative thing yeah that's great so um with with all your kids getting into biking, everything that's going on, I'm curious, and, and them watching you bike to, to work and to school and stuff, would they bike to school as well? Or do they bike around just kind of, you know, as their, as their vehicle, as their mode of transportation? Yeah, so it's interesting you ask. My son, my oldest son is probably the smallest carbon footprint of any human being I know. Bikes everywhere. Um, I don't think he's driven to church in probably years um but he even he lives in orem we live in american fork and then he most of the time will bike out here rather than ride it you know drive his car 
my old my daughter who is at SUU right now in Cedar City she had a four o'clock snow removal job and grounds crew job this year and it, I she actually would ride her bicycle to work at 4 a.m in about zero degree weather <laughs> because wow she and she you know it wasn't she didn't view it as a hardship i think some of her roommates viewed it as a hardship for her but but she really didn't and she was kind of you know proud that she was capable of doing that because of the habits she had you know developed so, um so yeah, we actually do ride. Uh, I mean, my kids definitely have taken that on. And um, I will say I do have one daughter that doesn't love it and that's okay. Um, I think there's still hope there for her. She's she's still relative. <laughs> yeah, give it give it time. For yeah, sure. never, never force it. Yeah, no, that's great advice. So um, yeah, the the mountain bike team. You mentioned uh, your your daughter. Was it your daughter on the mountain bike team, or one of your sons? Yeah, your daughter who's now at SUU. So she was cool. there. She did that for four years. And I have recognized. I've lived here in Utah Valley now for you know fifteen years or so, and the mountain bike teams have exploded around here. Right? There's been so yeah. much involvement. It's been amazing to see the growth. Yeah, they started off with about 300 kids statewide the first year, and it's just just exponentially gone up. And I think I think they're upwards of six or seven thousand riders statewide now in that wow. competitive in that competitive league. It might even be more than that, but it's it's huge. Teams like Lone Peak and Corner Canyon and American Fork, they have 150 to 200 kids on their team. And and it's very well organized and very well run. And I, I say that having observed high school athletics for a long time. But very well yeah, done. Yeah, it's in, for sure. It's incredible. And I think it's been such a an amazing thing for all of our mountain bike trails around here too, right? Where we've been pretty spoiled to have such great trail systems. And then I've seen that they do a lot of work with them too, as far as grooming them and making sure they're good to go for different competitions and different things too. So it's been really cool to see all that too. Right. Um, yep. So I'm curious with, uh, you know, the first day of school, it was today, we're recording this on the first day of school. Um, you know, you're not a principal anymore today. It sounds like you're working in, in a different role in that capacity. But, you know, there's always just a buzz in the air, right? There's always just like first day of school. Like we, we biked our, we, I have a first grader. We biked our first grader to school this morning. It was so fun. But as I was going to the school, um, the route to go to Orem High School, there was a mile long uh, line of cars, right? Of all these high school kids yeah. <laughs> just just stuck, right? And I, I'm curious to get your perspective as, you know, as a high school principal for so long working in education. Um, why don't more high schoolers bike to school? Like, what would you say is like the biggest like barrier for that? Or how, how do you think we can uh, influence that? What are your thoughts on it? You know, honestly, I would guess there's a little bit of a stigma that it, it somehow isn't cool. Um, if you can drive, why wouldn't you? Um, and I, you know, it would be fascinating to study some of the other countries, uh, like some of the, it seems like some of the Scandinavian countries just 
you know, they ride bikes everywhere. And it's, I think there's, there's a book called strong towns and, and some others that just talk about have, I think it's a cultural problem more than anything. It's almost like a status thing to drive. And there's just not even a, a I think it's not even on most people's minds, let alone the, I think high school kids probably don't view their, their being a cool fact. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that too. I'm, so I'm curious, like, as you were, you know, the high school principal for seven years, what, what kind of, uh, would kids say anything to you about biking to school? Would your coworkers or, you know, other teachers ever say anything about, asking what you were doing or what, what would they, what was their opinion of, of you biking to school all the time? I think they thought I was crazy half the time, honestly, <laughs> especially in, you know, sometimes people would, you know, if it's in the teens or snowing, you know, they're like, you didn't, you didn't bike today, did you? Like, of course I biked today. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it really is just a mindset. Um, there's there's something so fundamentally healthy about seeing sunrises and sunsets regularly and being out in them, right? Not just seeing them from a car window. Um, there's something fundamentally healthy about, you know, getting your heart rate up twice a day, you know, for 30 minutes. And, you know, the irony is my bike commute on the Murdoch Canal is barely slower than driving a car to to my school and so yeah it's 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 really interesting i i would say you know i i tried i consider myself a bike missionary i probably helped 40 or 50 people get on bikes uh, through ksl.com you know getting them a cheaper bike you know a better bike for cheaper um and so i i do you know evangelize biking quite a bit and um, so, you know, I would even, one, one thing that was kind of fun, one of our student government people always wanted to dress up like Santa and pass out candy canes on the last day before Christmas break. And so I would always actually come on my fat bike and put a big basket on the front and then bike around the outside and, you know, give kids a, a candy cane as they come into school dressed up as Santa Claus. Um, but no, I, I think, I think that it doesn't, certainly doesn't hurt for people to be a, be a missionary for biking. Yeah. Well, I, you know, just like earlier, you were talking about, you know, those mentors that really helped you get into it. Right. And then you being that on the other side, helping other people get into right. it too, hopefully can have that, that ripple effect. That's awesome. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I, you know, I, when you were talking about the stigma of it, right. And I, I work with teenagers as well. And I brought up that scenario this morning as well. And I said, Hey, I was, I was biking my kid to school, elementary school. There were so many elementary school kids that were riding their bike. It was super fun. It was exciting. And then there was all these high school kids that were all just driving. And I asked them the scenario. I said, if, if you were in high school and if you had your license, would you ever ride your bike? And all of them, absolutely. Heck no, no, there was no way. That, that'd be so embarrassing, right? And so, right. like you said, that that stigma. And so that's definitely something, um, you know, that definitely needs to be 
looked at and just kind of like, what are we as a culture? We're so car centric of just like, like, Oh, if I have a car, I'm just going to use it. But instead, yeah. like there's this wide open bike lane that you can get to school faster yeah. and yeah, I have all these other benefits too. Yep. Agreed. So, I mean, that's something um, I'm hoping with, you know, either through a little bit through this podcast, but also just getting more involved in my community and uh, just hopefully some people can start having a little bit of an awakening process of, of the benefits of biking and how much it's helped them. So, um, I mean, you've, you've addressed so many benefits already through this, but um, you know, as, as far as like mentally, physically, just overall connection to your community, how, or what, what are you seen as some of the benefits as you've been biking? Yeah, absolutely. So, so for a lot of years in my early years biking, I thought it was about physical health and there's obviously a huge physical benefit, but absolutely over the last 10 years, I've realized the, the mental and emotional benefits far outweigh the physical. Um, my, uh, my dad has suffered over the years from bipolar depression and I've, I've, you know, I think we all know people who have pretty severe depression and I feel like in, in a very real way, my daily biking keeps that at bay. Uh, right. I, I think, I think it's easy for any of us at certain times to fall into, you know, some of those types of pits and those difficult events. But uh, I am confident that just that act of, of moving forward, literally on a bike, on your own power, in the outdoors, where you see a sunset and you see a sunrise regularly, it's hard to not feel better about life, period. Um, I think there's a very real spiritual element. I, th I think just simply having both that physical and mental wellness actually affects what you do all day, every day, every waking hour. And I think it even affects your sleep, right? I mean, I, I, think, I think the benefits are really pretty vast. Um, and so I'm, I'm grateful that I fell into this kind of lifestyle and habit and, um, because it does, it makes a big difference for me all the time. Absolutely. And yeah, I think of, um, and I, I've talked about this before on this, on this podcast, but you know, there's so many people that talk about this mental health crisis that we're in, right? I mean, post COVID, everything that happened with that and just, I, I feel like there's been more of an awakening of like, okay, we, we really need to kind of monitor our own mental health and what are we doing because of it? And, and you see it, you're no stranger to it. Like being in the schools, um, there is such a, an increase of kids with depression and anxiety and just struggling with so many symptoms and so many issues. And I'm just a huge believer. If like, if you rode your bike to school, honestly, a lot of that stuff, it's not going to erase all of it, but like you said, it keeps a lot of that at bay and it, you're just able to connect so much more to nature. And like you said, that whether it's your higher power or spirituality or um, just emotionally, mentally, just being in that, that realm will help so much. And so, um, you know, as I've thought about just biking, there's so many problems that biking can help solve and, and mental health uh, is one of the biggest ones. Absolutely. And so, 
um, that's that's what I hope that some people can start opening their their eyes to a little bit of like, yeah, I can drive there. It'd be a little more convenient and maybe it's not as cold or whatever, but, but is that really going to help my overall wellness and my overall health as much as riding my bike does? So, um, yeah. I'm curious would, on, on your, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I would, I would just add, I think if you were to make a list of everything that is negative, you know, the, the current things that create that depression and anxiety in kids, you know, all the, all the, elements of social media that contribute to that a bike is the antidote almost almost the opposite of everything that that is driving that um, and so whether they ride it to school or just ride it somewhere it it absolutely is an antidote to much of that yeah absolutely um so as you're working in the you work for the district now, like I'm sure you're up in, you know, some of the administrative offices. What's, what's your role now over there with Alpine school district? Yeah. So I'm, uh, it's a new position that the official title is uh, administrator development. And so I get to work to help uh, create the conditions and build capacity of, of all administrators through the entire principal pipeline to, to be more effective and uh, find more joy even in, in leading schools. So that's what I get to do. It's pretty, it's pretty great job actually. Yeah. That sounds, sounds amazing. Kind of training all of those uh, main, you know, principals, those main leaders to to help out all their kids. So that's, that's awesome. Um, I, you know, has, and again, this is just me throwing ideas out there, Joe. So do you tell me I'm crazy or not? Right. But, have you heard of uh, Have you heard of the idea of a bike bus before? Uh, no, I don't think so. So um, I, I did a podcast last week with a lady who started this this bike bus. Um, look it up; it's it's life changing. It's amazing. Um, there was a there's a gentleman in Oregon, a PE teacher at an elementary school. Sam Balto is his name, and he he kind of brought it over here to the United States. But it's a worldwide thing where you have a parent in the front, a parent in the back. And they essentially, they, it's a group ride where they make a, a route where they go through the neighborhoods and they pick up kids along the way, right? Like kind of geared towards elementary school kids. So you have this big, safe, long train of, of kids rolling into school, all biking. And, and it's grown to being like, you know, the, this lady talks about how, Jessica's her name. She talked about how there was, you know, just a few kids starting in the first week. And then it grew to over 300 kids, right? All biking at the same time. Um, just an incredible movement that honestly, I think it's going to be a major That's game awesome. changer. Yeah. It's, I'm telling you, look up some of the videos. It's, it's amazing. Um, no, and, and, and that, that helps mind that stigma. That's you know, that it's not cool. Yeah. That'd be amazing. That'd be super cool. And so, right. And I, like, <laughs> The, the drop-off and pickups for elementary schools, right? Just the headache of that and the, the nightmare of, if you have, if you cut that in half and have a lot of those kids, you know, biking in there, walking in there, you know, that negates a lot of that issues too. And um, so it's, I really think, like I said, I think it's going to help so many schools out. It's going to help so many cities out too to build better bike infrastructure. And uh, honestly, I think it's the way of the, of the future because, you know, we're always hiring new crossing guards, new bus drivers and all these things. And I'm like, wouldn't it be cool, you know, five, 10 years from now, we're hiring 
bike bus facilitators, right? Where you get a, you get a cargo bike or an e-bike and you just say, Hey, this is your route. You're picking up kids along the way and you're helping get to school safely on a bike. I, I just think, I that think that'd would be, be amazing. Cool. That would be very cool. That would be a very significant cultural shift because you're getting kids at a young age. And especially if you get large numbers of kids, that would be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's something that we're, we're going to start a bike bus here for our kid at, at uh, Cascade Elementary. We're going to be doing that here pretty soon. But I'm hoping also, too, to um, working a lot with Bike Orem and just helping other schools, too, kind of do some different bike to school days and some incentives and different things to kind of help get that rolling. But um, it's definitely an uphill climb, but it's it's not, you know, impossible. And I think there's a lot of people that are open to the idea. Um, they just they just need someone to, uh, include them. Right. They just, that, like you said, that, that inclusion, right. it's, uh, they just need someone to kind of help guide them through that and, and invite them. Right. That invitation is, is so big, um, that can help a lot of people too. So. Yeah, that would be really cool. Well, Joe, I appreciate the conversation. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to connect and, uh, we'll, we'll stay, we'll stay in touch as, as things progress. So. Okay. Sounds good. We'll have to get out all right. of the bike sometime. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. I'm on the Murdoch all the time. Okay, me too. All right. Thanks, Joe. Talk to you later, bye. Yep, bye. Okay, big thanks again to Dr. Joe Jensen. Um, I was serious. I I really did go for a bike ride after listening to that. Um, really inspiring stuff. I think, you know, there's a reason why he is uh, an educator, a principal, and also training other principals, right? Um, in order to do that job, you got to have a gift and a skill to motivate others and uh, have some good leadership qualities. So um, I definitely felt that. Hopefully you did, guys did too. So one thing that I loved about uh, this conversation is that idea of um, access and inclusion, right? Um, and, and a human being being that link between the two. Um, sometimes with cycling, all it takes is an invitation, right? All it takes is for someone to say, hey, come and go for a ride for me. Or, hey, have you thought about this? Or, hey, let's let's go um, for a ride over here. Um, that invitation is powerful, and it, it really includes others, and it provides them with that access that they need. Um, something also, too, that you can use in every other aspect of your life as well, right? Whether it be education or mental health or whatever it might be. Um, if you invite somebody and give them access to some of those supports and those resources that they need, it's life-changing. So, um, and I love how he, he is a self-proclaimed bike missionary, right? Uh, out there preaching the good word of, of the, the amazing things that the bike can do. Um, I'm a big believer in also seeing the sunset and the sunrise. Um, I, I tell the kids I work with all the time uh, that, that sunsets and sunrises, they're free and they happen every day. It's just a great ability and a great opportunity to, again, connect with nature and really um, see where you're at in your life and really kind of calm the nerves and calm any of those um, symptoms that might be coming up. So great conversation. Uh, again, thanks again, Dr. Jensen. Um, this was an amazing uh, opportunity to talk with him. I look forward to hopefully riding with him again sometime. Um, I didn't get a chance to ask him this, but there was rumor that he uh, moved his office, all of his office supplies and everything by bike. So 
I just remember that after I had ended the conversation. So that's what my mother-in-law had told me. So, um, pretty cool stuff. He, he definitely, uh, lives what he preaches, right? So, um, amazing stuff. Thanks again, guys, for listening. Thanks for the support. Please share this with others. Again, invite others to, to go for a ride with you, get involved with your community, um, whatever writing it might be. Uh, I, I love how we talked about that too. Um, as long as it's got two wheels and pedals, right? Um, and it can even have three, right? The tricycles that are out there. So get out there, ride, see the benefits that come from it whenever you're struggling, going through a hardship, going through hard times, whatever it might be, just jump on that bike and let's ride this out.